재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 This is Koreascape on TBS EFM 101.3 MHz in Seoul and surrounding areas. Did you know how Koreans kept themselves beautiful before the rise of the Korean cosmetics juggernaut industry that is just taking over most of the planet? Michelle Kong is here from the Seoul Global Center. She brings us our weekly fix of trivia and knowledge about Korean history and customs. And she's got a little look at some Shilla Dynasty era tips and tricks for staying beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Michelle, welcome. Good morning. Um, Nowadays, if you watch some of these videos, YouTube videos uh, that are setting the Internet on fire, you know, the Korean style of beauty, usually it's like 12 steps. 12 steps. Or 10. I mean, the typical, usually it's been females, but more and more males are getting involved in it. Uh, it's no longer just wash your face and rinse and then dry off. That's There's what you like, do. That's what I do. Okay. Soap, water, done. <laughs> I'm out the door. But um, there's like at least eight to 10 products you got to have. You got your first cleanser and then your toner and then mm-hmm. your second cleanser and your BB. <laughs> and, uh, and by the time you're done, you've done about a 10-step routine. Probably, yeah. Right. Foundation if you're a woman, mm-hmm. maybe even if you're a man. Um but, uh, yeah, that's the modern routine. Right. But we're going to dive into some, you know, what people did before all of that. This, now that people are getting outdoors, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, the number one thing you can do for your face is protect yourself from the sun, right? That's right. The do sun you? is the number one aging agent. Aging, right. That's mm. right. So I make sure I wear uh, the sunblock every time I just go out, even though I don't wear uh, BB cream or whatnot. Mm. Do you wear sunblock? I don't. You don't? I should. Um mm-hmm. I have what I think are pretty good natural defenses. I mean, I tan almost instantly. Okay. So um, I, I very rarely burn. Oh, all right. Probably I should, you know, just to maintain this this incredible youthful beauty that uh, you see before you now. Sure. I'm nodding, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're nodding very politely. Right. Thank you. Perhaps a bit condescendingly. But, uh, yeah, no, um, I should. But I think, uh, you know, if you treasure milky skin and Mm. youthful skin for sure you want to put on these various bb creams yeah yeah that's right so um of course you can just protect yourself by staying out of the sun when it's the strongest Mm. carry around your umbrella Umbrella. Your sun Parasol. umbrella. That's right. Parasol. All right. Um, but keeping your skin healthy uh, takes year-round maintenance. Mm. Uh, it's commonly known as your skin is more vulnerable uh, to spring sunlight than autumn sunlight, right? Is it? Mm-hmm. It's more direct or something? Um, I think so. There is a scientific proof. Mm. And then there's an old saying in Korea, a very interesting one. A mother-in-law makes her daughter-in-law work under the spring sunlight while she lets her own daughter uh, do the work under the autumn sunlight. Uh-huh. <laughs> a little bit of in-law versus natural-born daughter discrimination there. Mm. Well, it's, uh, it's in the past, but probably now uh, in the modern time, there are lots of healthy relationship between mothers-in-law yeah. and then uh, daughters-in-law. But this is just an example um, saying, I think, how um, people just wanted to explain the uh, spring sun the is more vulnerable. Yes. The spring sun mm. is is sharper and more aging than the autumn sun. Mm-hmm. All right, that, that makes a certain amount of sense. Right. Um, you would notice Koreans, if there's any measure, they would like to just... Avoid any sunlight, right? Mm. Koreans tend to prize 
this sort of white milky skin, right? Mm-hmm. They love it. They even buy uh, bleaching creams and things like that nowadays. Right. Whitening cream? Whitening creams mm-hmm. so that you can look like a porcelain vase. You know? <laughs> right. So um, I think having this fair or a pale skin has been considered as like a uh, desirable thing for Korean women for a long time, I think. And then well, most women make sure they don't get sunburned or get tanned, even when you would notice probably when uh, women go hiking. Uh, they wear like full makeup. They look like uh, ninjas of the night. They've got uh, every skin surface covered. Right. Or um, middle-aged women, when they go outside, if they don't wear uh, makeup, they always wear this Darth Vader um, like <laughs> sun cap. It's, it's called right. a sun cap, The big right? visor. visor. They're uh-huh. looking at you through the visor almost. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's right. <laughs> right. They're going to either pilot a TIE fighter or go, go hiking. <laughs> right. Um, well, but then uh, spring is also a yellow dust season. So um, you wear a mask to just protect not only your respiratory organs and eyes, uh, but also your skin. That That's a good thing, right? Just protect your yeah. precautions are always important. That's right. And those sleeves, those uh, you can buy just sleeves mm-hmm. here. They sell them sometimes in the subway. Right. Uh, they're like sort of the arm sleeves. They mm-hmm. almost look like some sort of Vanity Fair ball gown kind of uh, long gloves, right. minus the hand part. Uh-huh. But they're there just to protect your arms. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. Every bit of you. So if we're looking into centuries past, the key sort of DNA of beauty is protect yourself from the sun. That's right. Mm. So having this white or um, pale skin. So um, if you were curious how ancient people here in Korea um, had to do just protect their skin or uh, how they wanted to look more pretty or more attractive, um, here's a little beauty secret or skin tips. Um, skincare tips. Um, history of Korean cosmetics started from the ancient times. Uh, people used some sort of herbs, mugworts. And What's then, the Korean for mugwort? Sook. Sook. Oh, mm. Okay, yeah. I've, I, I must learn that every three days and I keep forgetting. Mm. Sook is like the wonder herb here in Korea for so many things, right? Right, right. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mugworts and then garlic to lighten up their skin. Mm. So people just took bath in water <laughs> um, infused with this sook or mugworts. Here comes the bride. She's just had her garlic bath. Yeah, that's right. They crushed garlic and then mixed it with uh, honey, and then they put this on their face. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Right. Um, And then people who used to live in the uh, colder region, they used pig fat. Pig fat. Right. Um, it's, it's a natural sunblock. Uh-huh. And then if it's uh, too cold, their skin gets really dry. So it pr- protects, um, your skin from getting dry. You look popular. And gee, the village dogs seem to have really taken to oh. you. <laughs> Pig fat, crushed garlic with honey. Mm-hmm. Um, these are very folksy remedies, as you would imagine, for three or four centuries ago. Mm-hmm. Um, pig fat, I guess, uh, the idea being it's almost like a petroleum jelly type effect where you're, sure. you're blocking out the sun right. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. Uh, where do we start learning about these methods? There must Everything seems to have been written down in some kind of tract or annal 
where do we start hearing about ancient Korean cosmetics? Okay, so Kurt, you just briefly mentioned this dynasty, Silla. So there was this period of um, three kingdoms. Mm. 백제, 신라, and 고구려. Yes. This is um, the time uh, period. The first record about makeup in Korea um, dates back to this period. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, from the murals of 고구려 kingdom, we could see women in those days, regardless of their social status, they all had a light makeup. They had... Um, Nicely pulled back hair, and they trimmed their eyebrows short and then um, thick, and then they um, wore some sort of blushers on their mm. cheeks as well. Um, and then Shila is the dynasty with the most advanced makeup culture. Okay, um, they believe that the, in this theory, uh, beautiful mind in beautiful body. That's uh, something that's been universally at times in other cultures embraced, right? Or Look good, feel good, you might say. Mm -hmm, That's right. So their inner sides could be affected by appearance. Mm. So um, good appearances were important for this reason. So people uh, wore makeup, not heavy, just a light uh, makeup. Um, And then they made all these um, cosmetics items from natural ingredients like flowers and then um, juice extracted from plants and whatnot. Um, Some of these natural ingredients are still used in modern cosmetics manufacturing. I was just about to ask you that. Uh I think in perfumes and perhaps also in dyes, in things that color, Mm -hmm. uh, I think you're extracting a lot of natural plant dyes, things like that, using flower petals and Mm -hmm. whatnot. Um, that's that's my guess, but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, interesting. So they were already cluing into maybe I don't know crushing rose petals for blush mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That's right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So um, even from this period, they started making face powder using rice. Um, Shilla even exported this face powder manufacturing technique to mm. Japan, um, and then this time, Buddhism was pretty dominant. Mm. And then in Buddhism, bathing is really important because they believed evil is associated with dirtiness hmm. and then good with um, cleanliness. So, yeah. And in terms of soap, if you look at uh, sort of a- other ancient colors, uh, cultures, they're using um, animal oils like lanolin from sheep to make soaps. Is that what Koreans are also doing? Uh, Koreans had a different uh, ingredients to make uh, natural soap. Mm. Um, people um, used a little, like, uh, people from upper class, they used rice. 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 Uh, or the water, they rinsed rice and then the leftover water, they washed their face or a body with that. Okay. But um, they also used this ground mung beans. Ground now, I can see where those would provide your um, sort of exfoliant, your abrasive sort of surface mm. um, that would s- scratch off, you know, lightly scratch the surface of the skin and uh-huh. get get exfoliate. But I would I would not expect mung beans or rice to have sort of the the greasiness, the natural oil mm. that soap has, you know. Uh, the beans have this uh, chemical or mm. substance called saponin. Uh, it's, it helps this uh, mung beans make bubbles. So it's like a natural cleansing soap. So it does have a soap-like effect. Yeah, there's a name for it too. Chodu. It's... Uh, Chodu. Mm-hmm. Chodu. Chodu, yes. That's the bubbles that come from red beans? That's the, the uh, Asian soap. 
ancient soap. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Okay. <laughs> and beans, I suppose the, when we're talking about uh, when you get out of the bath, your mung bean bath, there's not any particular smell to mung beans, are there? Well, if it's cooked, probably it smells good. Mm. But <laughs> <laughs> if but not, if it's, it's just sort of, yeah. yeah. All right. It's got this distinct smell. I don't know if you noticed, but there's this... Kind of um, beanie. Be- <laughs> beanie <laughs> smell, that's right. So people started to make perfume to cover this um, smell. Okay. Yeah. Perfume to cover the soap. Mm-hmm. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, in an traditional Korean society, makeup was just to find as care, not only for um, just external purposes. So that's why both men and women cared about how they looked. And this created definitely a, def- a unique culture in cosmetics. Shilla dynasty era metrosexuals. Metrosexuals. Men wearing foundation and not feeling ashamed about it. No, not at all. Mm. <laughs> okay. Right. So yeah, that is that the first documented sort of makeup era? Yeah, that's for men? right. Mm-hmm, for men, that's right. Uh, so in the Shilla Kingdom, there was this system called Hwarang. Um Hwarang is a group of young soldiers or warriors who uh, played an instrumental role in Shilla's victories at wars against uh, enemies. And then the country trained young, educated um, boys in martial arts, archery, um, all, or even arts. And then they, um, were very brave with these, uh, fighting abilities, but then they are known to wear makeup and cosmetics decorations. Are we talking about looking fierce in the sense of war paint kind of thing, or are we looking just uh, makeup in the sense of uh, cosmetic beauty, the way we're talking about today. I think in the latter, really? uh, because Hwarang itself means Hwa is a flower. Hwarang. So flower... Men. Flower men. Or flower knights or flower youth. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I wonder... Hmm, I guess if they get a reputation as being dangerous and well-trained, because mm. my gut reaction is that seeing guys that look pretty... Mm-hmm. Look attractive right. in that way. I wouldn't feel like terror at their approach. You know, oh my God, these guys are dangerous. Mm. But I guess if they get the reputation, like these flower men, these right. beautiful made up guys are dangerous, mm-hmm. then that speaks for itself. Right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is sort of the origin of this flower boys, the current. Korea? I don't know. <laughs> so today's flower boys owe kind of a legacy mm. to the flower men on flower horseback men. That's of right. the Shilla dynasty. <laughs> there you go. I never knew that. Mm. Okay. So, and that uh, Korea unified uh, in the Joseon dynasty, yes. Mm-hmm. And um, how did that, did that have any effect on cosmetics? Right. Uh, in the past... During this uh, period of three kingdoms, it was the Buddhism, right? But uh, Joseon Dynasty, Confucianism. Okay. It's a different uh, theory. So the beauty of inner selves was more stressed. It's similar, but that's why uh, ordinary people or a noble class tended to avoid excessive makeup. But there was a standard uh, of beauty, the classic or classical standard of beauty that was thick, glossy hair, fair skin, and thin eyebrows, and then small lips. So kind of a back-to-basics, minimalism Mm -hmm. type of thing, clean beauty. It's interesting that thin lips were prized. Usually throughout almost all aesthetic and beauty standards, 
people want to have bigger lips or mm. fuller lips. Right, but it was not that uh, in the, during the Joseon Dynasty. Mm. And um, interesting record that there is. They favored applying um, light makeup using powder, and then they drew eyebrows in the shape of willow leaf. There was even a book called Kuhap Chongsa. This is like a book of everything. Instructional guide for everyday life for upper class women during the late Joseon dynasty. Mm. Um, it records various techniques of making cosmetics products like blusher or lipstick. And then how to make your own perfume. And what's really interesting to me is it also describes 10 different um, popular eyebrow shapes. I didn't know there were 10 possible eyebrow shapes. I don't know. But I just learned crescent or willow leaf um, okay. shapes just were a simple two curve. popular yeah. shapes. Yes. Willow leaf. Yeah. That sounds ornate. <laughs> like, oh, a willow leaf seen from its side, like the profile of a willow leaf. I think so, Maybe. yes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right. So they were really heavily into eyebrows in the mm. Joseon dynasty. Yeah, I think so. I've seen these photos of all these Hollywood stars. Um, they have their distinct uh, makeup style, but someone just uh, changed their eyebrows into Korean uh, makeup style. They look totally different. Yeah. Yes. That's fairly common here in Korea, right? I mean, not to have much in the way of actual eyebrow Mm, hair, but mm -hmm. instead to have either permanently or filled in eyebrows. Yeah, that's right. And then when a type of uh, eyebrow shape is trendy, then everybody has like the same sort of... um, Everybody getting on that eyebrow bandwagon, right? (laughs) That's right. It was Confucianism was the dominant philosophy, you said, Mm -hmm. and that means very distinct stratified classes. So did one class, like a rich or, or academic class, look better than the others? or? Um, uh, according to this um, uh, documents and whatnot, Joseon Dynasty, there were two different types of makeup styles. Uh, first one is for upper class, very light or natural makeup. Like I said, wash their face with rice water. Mm. Um, and then they apply white face powder made with ground rice or sometimes they added some shell uh, powder Mm. and then they could afford to use high quality ingredients so they used flowers or indigo plants or real gold powder too (laughs) but uh, less affluent people they used a piece of charcoal to highlight their eyebrows or they even used to dry the red pepper as a lipstick that's uh, got to be a little painful. I think so. But maybe your lips can be uh, fuller. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> fuller as in swollen? Yeah. From the fact that you're putting capsaicin on your lips as lipstick? Yeah. Right. I'm mm. thinking that'll make your lips fuller right. and more painful. <laughs> Kiss of death, you might say. Oh. So the upper class, the mm-hmm. richer, refined class, they actually looked like they had less makeup on because right. they had a lighter touch of things. That's right. And then as you got down the class ladder... That's when they were heaping on makeup or what? Mm-hmm. So uh, there is this um, class, social class called Kiseng. If you're familiar with this term, there are female entertainers. They're trained in arts, dance and poetry and drawing and whatnot. Um, they wore more showy um, makeup, heavier makeup than the mm. noble um, class. Yes. Okay, fair mm-hmm. enough. Uh, that 
makes a certain amount of sense. I mean, when you, a lot of times, even in our modern society, mm-hmm. the natural look is harder and perhaps sometimes more expensive to achieve, whereas the cheaper makeups and so on mm. make you really look like you have makeup on. You still look good. Okay. But, you know, maybe it's more prevalent in kind of lower economic classes to use more makeup, mm, right? Yeah, I think so. So how too. does that carry forward? Um, West, at some point, the Westerners arrived. Did mm-hmm. they spoil everything in terms of econo- uh, cosmetics or did they enhance things? Um, I think enhance. Okay. Um, in 1916, Korea's very first homegrown cosmetics face powder was uh, invented. The name is very interesting. Pakabun. Pakabun. What's mm-hmm. that all mean? Bun means powder. Mm. Pakka is a family name, Pak. So it's a face powder made by a person uh, with a family name, Pak. Pak's powder. Yes. Sort of the first name-branded cosmetics of the day. Yes, that's right. right. That was the first mass-produced cosmetics item in Korea. But uh, it was a sensation when it was first introduced but later on um it was known that the powder contained some lead so it disappeared in the market um and then uh, during the uh, mid and the late 20th century you know, korea's economic development and uh and stuff so women saw more um cosmetics like we use in the present time more western um fashion trends yes mm-hmm. I, I first set foot in Korea in the year 2001, maybe okay. 2000. Okay. My recollection from that time is that women really used a ton of makeup, mm. uh, more so than today. Would Lots I be of accurate? colors, yeah. Yeah, I remember all of the women I would see on the street looked like they had a, just a ton of makeup on, you know, full on, you know, almost stage makeup, mm. tons of foundation, mascara, uh, lipstick, and everything. Is it... Is it is it, would it be safe to say that in 2000, women used a little more makeup than they do now in 2017? I think so, because mm. um, when all these uh, products came out, people just wanted to use, they wanted to have more um, Western look, I think. So um, foundation or eyeliner, mascara, they started to use this. And then when the color television was introduced um, in the 80s, mm. they just used more colors. So is that when we can say, like around the dawn of the 80s, that's when the use of makeup by women just kind of exploded here in Korea? Yeah, that's right. And okay. then this is the time when the first um, deodorant was sold in a uh, in the newspaper uh advertisement that was really interesting. It was just asking the uh, audience straightforward, does your body smell bad? Something well, like and that. lately mm-hmm. we've seen viral article after viral article that insists Koreans genetically do not need deodorant. Mm. Have you seen those? Yeah. Yeah, because just by DNA, Koreans don't stink. Mm. So deodorant is completely unnecessary. Unnecessary. (laughs) (laughs) And we flash forward into the present where there's more cosmetic brands and variations than you can possibly imagine stemming out of Korea. A lot of weird ingredients in Korean cosmetics, too. Mm, that's right. But that's the mainstream trend, though. Um, the uh, latest trendy cosmetics items are snail cream, snail extract, or um, donkey milk. Donkey milk. <laughs> donkey milk. Uh, foundation is it? Or no, milk, like a moisturizer. Mm, but it has history. Cleopatra yeah. used to use this. Oh, she used to bathe mm-hmm. in donkey milk. That's right. Well, let's leave you with that image. Mm. Cleopatra, the 
queen of Egypt and probably the world of the time, bathing in donkey milk, and thus you have Korean cosmetics with donkey milk. Michelle, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me.